Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. It's the last episode of our Black History Month and we're all set for Women's History Month as we look back at some pretty cool black female-led cartoons. We'll talk all about the BET classic Hey Moni, DC's Vixen and Michiko and Hatchin. Yes, it's been a while since we did anime, and we're going to break it all the way down from the English version to the Japanese version. So, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever is producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm alright, thanks. I'm alright, thanks. The weather has uh, improved significantly since uh, we last recorded. Yeah, my heaters are working in my car again, so that's a plus. Um... Like full blast. Yeah, I mean, I just don't cope with the cold. It's weird. If it's cold, I get, like, lukewarm air coming out of it. And if it's, you know, if it's, like, kind of, like, five, six degrees, I'm all right. But if it's, like, anything minus, I'm I'm still cold in the car. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. There's something obviously wrong with your... Uh... Yeah, I'm thinking it might be a heating matrix problem, but um, I don't want to fix it or take it to a garage. Because they're going to do that thing when they go... <laughs> Oh yeah, it's going to cost you. Right, so it is the last uh, Black History Month uh, episode. Yeah, I'm looking. I, I like the I like what you did this this uh, this week with the transition between Black History Month and, and Women's History Month. Yes, that's what I'm guessing you were going for. Anyway, yes, it it is what I was what I was going for. It it, it is we can kind of smoothly go into. March and uh, Women's History Month, and yeah, we were talking about uh, at least actually, you know what? All 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 of these uh, women programs, in a way, are you know badass, kickass women, you know, kicking butts and taking names and 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 everything that goes with that. Yeah, I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed this week, and all I'll say is a prelude to what's going. What we'll talk about is everyone needs an event in their lives. Everyone needs an event. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, on that note, we will start with Hey Moni. And this show came out in uh, March 2003. And some of the things happening in the world. The Iraq war begins with the invasion of Iraq by the US and allied forces. The World Health Organization issues a global alert on severe acute respiratory syndrome when it spreads to Hong Kong and Vietnam after originating in China. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Severe acute respiratory syndrome. Ah, Okay, wow. President Fidel Ah, Castro... That's what SARS stands for. What? Severe acute respiratory syndrome. That's SARS, right? It's got to be. Makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. President Fidel Castro is elected unopposed to a sixth term. He has served as the head of Cuba's government for 44 years, longer than any other living head of government. Bringing Down the House was in the cinemas. This is a cracking film. Really like this. Steve Martin, Queen Latifah. Great film. And In the Club by 50 Cent was in the charts. Yeah, I know this one. This is one of those really overplayed tracks. It was probably quite a good song, but it was so overplayed. 
It's probably a good song. Of course it is. This whole... It's like his debut song came out with this. I think, yeah, he was like um, like the biggest sort of selling artist. I think like his debut album as well, Get Rich or Die Trying. I saw that film as well. Successful. Oh, you've actually seen the film too? Yeah. Surprise, yeah. But yeah you, yeah, you need to watch a lot more of these sort of films. Like, remember Boys in the Hood? I told you, you need to watch Boys in the Hood. Yeah, I'll put them on my list. I think it is on Netflix, so uh, you've got no excuse, really. Hey, Moni. So this was a, an American animated black sitcom produced by Soup to Nuts, originally part of the series X Chromosome, and Hey, Moni aired on BET. Its main character, Simone, or Moni, works at a public relations agency in Chicago as she lives in an apartment building with her best friend, Yvette. And the show chronicles her living her life living as a single career woman in the big city. It is a unique and distinctive depiction of the wide range of situation, topics, issues that face single professional African-American women from an African-American women's perspective. The production of Hey Moni marks the first time that an African-American woman has been featured as the protagonist of an adult-themed animated series. And the series, yeah, so it's basically about Simone, who's a vivacious, attractive, and intelligent black mover and shaker. And each week, viewers will watch as she navigates an unpredictable urban existence among a diverse, multiracial cast of engaging characters. Moni's best friend and neighbor, Yvette, is a sassy, tell-it-like-it-is, no-nonsense delight. And what Deborah Lee who was uh, the BT president and chief operating officer. Maybe she is now, maybe she isn't. But what she said at the time was, and I quote, African-American women are intelligent, multidimensional, career-minded, and delightfully complex. And Hey Moni represents characters that our viewers can identify with in everyday situations. As we expand our programming mixed, an adult-themed animated series will offer additional variety to our audience. This groundbreaking series does exactly that with clever humor, provocative satire, and spontaneous dialogue from the interactions between diverse characters in real life situations. And Monica and Yvette, the two main characters, are played by Angela Shelton and Francis Collier, who are also real life best friends. Both are Chicago natives and veterans of the renowned improv comedy troupe Second City. I think Chicago, Chicago is known as the second city as well as the Windy City. And these talented and seasoned comedic actors bring their years of experience to their roles. And what Herbert Niles, the BET Vice President of Film Development and Network Program Acquisition said was, and I quote, Hey Moni follows in the tradition of other groundbreaking, entertaining, witty and satirical animated programs such as the Simpsons, The Critic, and Daria. Each episode offers a fresh perspective on modern black life, representing a realistic, fresh, and uniquely funny portrayal of life as seen from the perspective of a single African-American professional woman. Uh, Hey Moni was at least temporarily a success for BET, becoming its most watched new Tuesday series at the time, according to Seattle Post Intelligencer. But after expanding the episodes once more to 22 episodes, 
BT decided not to bring it back for the 2004-2005 season. What actually led to the show's demise is where the narratives surrounding it diverge. Gillim says BET's demographic, predominantly young men, just didn't mold or meld. I don't even know what that word means. With Haymoni's perspective. On the other hand, Shelton and Callier said the show's momentum halted when executives got involved, hiring a white writer without consulting either of them to pen the final episodes. And what Angela Shelton, who was uh, Moni, said, and I quote, they literally had a white man writing a script for two black women who had absolutely no understanding of women or blackness or friendship in that way. Then they came back to us and said, hey, why don't you give him ideas? And we were like, you mean the things that we had been doing before? And yeah, that just about sums it all up, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean... What could, you know, benefit successful black writers, actresses, you know, everything else? Obviously, a white man. Obviously, that's the thing to put in the mix, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. It just seems so daft. No disrespect either way. But, I mean, I'm assuming that the best person to write about two black women is probably two black women. Um and that, that sounds radical. <laughs> radical, yes. Let's, let's have a show about two black women and get two black women to write it. Oh, thinking, thinking way outside the box here, Paul. <laughs> way outside the box. But yeah, let's uh, let's talk about this show and uh, what you thought about it. Right. So let's get the let's get the first impressions out of the way first of all. Right. The animation is scribbly the backgrounds are hastily drawn probably not hastily drawn but they look that way um the the audio is like very simple and this show is bloody awesome it's one of the weirdest things i've watched like in terms of looking at it and listening to it but it's like this show is like Really basic, but really awesome. Ten minute episodes, like kind of just smashing it along. No fat on 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 it at all. And yeah, I I thought this was absolutely hilarious. I mean, granted, I only watched three episodes because um, of time, but I thought it was awesome. Every every minute of it, and I was a bit worried at first. You know, when it first comes on, in your first look at it, and you're a bit like, "What the hell is this?" And the audio's a little bit down, and you're kind of a bit like, "What's you know, what's this all about?" And then I think by the time I started talking about Doctor Phil in the first episode or whatever it was, I was like, "Yeah, okay, this is quite cool." And Yvette being the constant cheerleader is like so awesome. She is always, whether it's a fight. Whether it's you know to cheer her on, she she is right behind Moni the whole time, and I thought that was pretty damn cool. Yeah, um, yeah, because initially I I saw it and I had to like check on on the, on the website when I was doing my research of what the runtime was because I couldn't believe it was ten minutes. I was like, what ten minutes? Is that it? Yeah, it's like and 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 obviously you know we both like. Shows that are pretty quick and to the point, as we're going to find out with uh, Vixen. <laughs> yeah, it's always gonna. It's, that's always gonna win me over. If it's if it's short to the point, ten minutes in and out, whatever, I can uh, 
I can I can go with that. But um, yeah, I was the same. I was, I've seen it. The audio wasn't great. The picture was a bit all over the shop. And I thought, okay, what's going on? And then I can see what they were trying to do in terms of the adult themed, where they were kind of going, trying to make it as um, realistic as, 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 as possible. Did they get it 100% right? I don't think they did. But I think they had the idea. The idea is good. The format is good. I think to try and over-egg the egg by hiring these fancy-ass white writers to try and improve on a format that doesn't really need to be improved on. And I think that's that's what it was... Uh, that, that was ultimately, I think, its downfall in the end. Yeah, I think it could have done with an extra couple of quid on the audio equipment and probably an extra couple of quid on the animation side of things. But apart from that, I thought it was a damn good show. Like, like I said, I don't think I got to the white writers bit because no, it was pretty like all three episodes for me were like pretty damn cool. So I like that. Um, I think the animation might be deliberate. No, no, I know it's deliberate, but I think it's just, it could have been tidied up maybe a little, not, uh, not, not the drawing, not, not like the, uh illustration but like i think just the animation in itself could maybe but then we we talk about that but then we've also talked about the fact that when you try too hard it ruins it you know like all the cgi stuff that we've watched and well, i don't know were you expecting like studio ghibli or something like really fancy and slick and yeah like princess mononoke or um <laughs> <laughs> spirited away ain't gonna get none of that this is um i, d- I do think it was uh deliberate in how they delivered it to um to audiences and did you say it was only on bet yeah i think it's another network might have picked it up as well along the way but i think this was mostly on uh, bet yeah i mean i i could have seen this something like you know a good 10 minute watch on comedy central or something like that i mean i would have watched this i thought it was i thought it was really <laughs> funny <laughs> Good stuff. Right, so let's uh, go into episodes. I did have a look, and the pilot was the one where they uh, when they go on to Oprah. So cool. That's what, that. Yeah, that's the one I started with, yeah. Um, and then I, so I watched like the two episodes on there and then one more because uh, I had to turn my attention to um, whatever that show's called later. <laughs> um, yep, so go, take it away with the pilot. So, girls are watching Oprah and they've got like, and the first thing is the first thing of the episode, it makes you hungry because they're like, I've got mints and I've got um, uh, ribs and what else is popcorn and stuff like that. So, and they're watching Oprah and, and they kind of like like lose it with Oprah and then they're like kind of joking around about Dr. Phil um, and like how he speaks the truth and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, you fixed me. They're kind of playing with each other. So you can, you kind of know that they're, they're you know, they're, they're, they're really good friends. And then at the end of Oprah, it said like best friends wanted to appear on Oprah and they kind of like lose it. And then, so they go downstairs and there's this like creepy guy. I can't remember his name, but they call him the creepy basement guy, I think. And he's got a video camera and he's always like, he's hitting on Moni. He fancy Chad. Her. Oh, so yeah, it's so a chat. He he he's basically in love with Moni, and he's always trying to get her to like 
come in his flat and you know watch a movie or do or do whatever and and she's just basically not having any of it but this guy has a video camera so they need to borrow it so that they can shoot an audition tape right and this is one of my favorite things as a cameraman is one of the favorite things that happens as a mistake is when you see someone like you see on the footage you see like it all shaky and then it gets sets down and then it's about to like start and then it turns off right and then it comes on again when the cameraman's picked the camera up and he's walked off. So what he's done was he's thought that the camera's recording and it's not. And he's like kind of got it the wrong way around. So what he's supposed to record, he's actually turning it off. And that's exactly what happens with these girls. So they do like this audition tape. They're like, oh, yeah, that was the one. We're going to smash it. And then they press it. And then, the, and then the red light comes on and they're like, oh, crap, we weren't even recording. Anyway, so they do they do get a callback and they're kind of in the um, audition room and they're kind of like uh, making fun of everyone. And then... All of a sudden, these these two people come in, and then the the, la- the the lady comes out and says, "Like, we're sorry, all the all the best friend positions have been filled. Like, you can all go home now." And then, you know, they get they kind of lose it, have a big fight, and they're sitting outside on the step. And then, and then, like, um, Oprah goes past and goes, "Like, hey, girls!" And they're like, "Oh my god!" And and that's where it ended. And so the, when it kind of ended, I was a bit like, I, I thought to myself, if they end it here, this is really good. But if they Go on to another thing, then it's not good. And they ended it. So I was like, oh, that's amazing. What I was going to say was the significant thing about that is I think Oprah is from Chicago. Oh, really? I think that's what kind of made the whole thing. And they're obviously from Chicago. It's set in Chicago. And that is, yeah, I think that's where Oprah is uh, is from. And that is where I think her show, the Oprah Winfrey show, in its variety of uh, formats is from from that part of the world. I should know because I've obviously, you know, lived with black women my entire life. And Oprah Winfrey (laughs) was pretty much on my TV every single day when I was a kid. So was she the first black and first female um, billionaire? Do I make that up? I don't know if she, yeah, uh, she probably is. I can't think of anyone else. Yeah. And uh, what else? Oh, the whole camera when it's, um, when you think you're recording, but you're not. Yeah, I've like... done that so many times. I, <laughs> I remember doing it once when I was this when I was um, living up in uh, Preston, and uh, I was filming at some um, event, and I spoke to this uh, family, and they were the nicest people you could ever imagine. And I was thinking that I was recording, we was having a lovely, lovely conversation, and then I come back, and then I and then I, I obviously I'm depressing the the red button, thinking, oh, I'm stop recording and then it the red light just came on and so i'm like oh my god <laughs> record that i guess i can laugh but honestly i i wanted to just cur- curl up and just fall right into the uh the common that was by my flat i just wanted to fall in there be like oh this is horrible but uh no, yeah it's always I think every every cameraman's done it once in his career, whether he admit whether he will admit it or not. So, I'll admit it. Um, I only I only watched two episodes of this show. Did you watch the second one? Um, I don't know if it's the second one per se, but I can talk about the episode I watched. Okay. So uh, Simone is listening to her voice messages. Robin, her colleague from work, is calling her to congratulate her on getting a raise. She's getting calls about uh, potential new properties. 
she gets one from Yvette pleading with her not to move house. And basically, I think Simone and Yvette are having a little bicker or whatever. And she's like, oh, why don't you, you know, get a job or whatever? And what about your loser boyfriend? I think his name is like Stephen, but he calls himself Rayquan. Because it sounds a lot more cooler than... Oh, that makes sense for another episode I watched. And so Simone is listening to her messages again. And then she says, you know what? Fine, I'm not going to move. And then she's basically having a uh, a house party. And Yvette's like, oh, I know this guy called Tyrone. He likes you. Maybe you can uh, ask him to come to your flat warming party. And Simone is really, really nervous about it. And Tyrone leaves a message on the phone. And the message is like, oh, hey, when's the party? I'm looking forward to it. Shall I bring a, a plate kind of thing? And then Chad comes because he obviously hears all the noise and he's like, hey, what's going on? And obviously she's like, um, yeah, we're having a party. And he just comes comes in uninvited. Her boss comes as well. We're all having a, a big old party. And her boss, Bill. Yes, his name is Bill. Obviously, it was a great party. And they're always waiting for Tyrone. But Tyrone decides to no-show. And they're all hungover from the party. The telephone rings. They're like, oh, my God, my head hurts. Oh, oh. And then it's basically Tyrone calling going, oh, hey, what should I bring to the party next week? And obviously they gave the wrong date. I didn't like how the boss in the first episode was trying to put pressure on Moni when he was all like, yeah, I think I need you on that day for the Oprah thing. And then he's like, as she goes, uh, no, I'm going to Oprah. And then when she puts her foot down, he's like, um, OK, you can go. Oh, and, and, I'll, and I'll give you a hired car and... Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. Right, okay, that's all you now. Right, so episode two that I watched was... Um, what was it about? Oh, so basically it's burglaries going, going on. Moni comes in and Yvette... Sorry, Yvette comes in and uh, and she's saying, like, oh, the door's wide open, what the hell's... And Yvette wants to get a dog and it turns out that she um <laughs> so basically i don't know what she did it's not explained but she did um she wasn't allowed the dog cuz she didn't look after the cat properly she's like you had it for 72 2 hours and the vet goes cat alive ain't it and then she's like yeah but if it goes cat alive ain't it <laughs> and then so that was like her answer to like nearly killing the cat <laughs> um i thought that was absolutely brilliant i think that's the moment i was like yeah that's awesome um uh, so we're at work uh, money's at work and bill the boss comes in and and then he's said, like, you have to be ready for self-defense. And they're kind of like, you know, he's like scaring him. And like, he's like, yeah, but what you... do you know like, the whole self-defense thing where it's like, if you attack me in this exact way, in this exact time, I'll be able to do this thing about it. But and then it turns out he's rubbish anyway. And the the, the woman stabs him with a pen. Um, uh, the creepy guy, Chad, is checking the locks in the in the flats. And she hears a noise outside and she opens it. And, and Chad's like kind of by the, the lock. Um, and he's trying to get. And then he's trying to get Moni in his flat again. Moni's telling a vet about this new guy from Harvard that's joined work. And and then this is where I've written how I love how Yvette's always got her back. Yvette say, is staying with Moni because she's scared of going to her own place. Uh, Louis Chavez, Chavez is the new guy. And I, I couldn't work out if she fancied this guy or she didn't fancy this guy. Anyway, so they go to self-defense class, uh, Yvette and Moni. And Yvette just straight up beats up the instructor <laughs> and then but um but Moni's a bit scared eventually like she kind of fights back um 
Back at work, she gets the confidence to go and take her lamp back, and they caught the burglar, and it was a woman. Episode three, what I watched was the girls are in the makeup shop, and they're laughing at this makeup lady because she's this white makeup lady is doing the um, makeup, but she's wearing a lab coat, and you're like, well, you think you're a scientist? Um, and uh, Moni doesn't want to spend the money on some makeup, and the vet's just kind of like always just like kind of egging her on, you know, you can, it's okay, it's okay. But they decide they want to save for something. They wanted to save for like a holiday in Bermuda. Uh, so they start scrimping on things, you know, like taking like little instant noodles into work and stuff like that. But then everyone at work's got this thing called a handy con. And, and basically they save up all this money and then Yvette kind of gives her, she's like, I bought you this um, handy con um, because, um, you you know, you kind of need one. Molly takes it to work um, and she's like kind of playing with it. But then she accidentally gives a boss a virus to the boss that comes off this machine. And it turns out it's a dodgy one that Yvette paid 30 quid for. Um, and with the rest of the money in the pot that she just bought herself a new outfit. And that was the end of episode three. Cool. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Any last thoughts on Hey Moni? No, I'll, I just have to say that I was pleasantly surprised by it. Like I said, I didn't get to the latter end of it where they introduced um, the much needed white guy in into the mix. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the episodes I watched and I thought it was great. I th- the writing was absolutely on point. Um, I found it hilarious. Obviously, I ain't the target demographic, but yeah, still loved it. Yeah, um, you could just probably, I I can't imagine what the episodes with the white writers would have been like. It probably would have been like how you find the normal like white sitcom shows and probably Chad would have had a more central role. and Yeah, (laughs) and he would have been like a big beefy guy with like all slick instead of a weird creepy boss (laughs) right so let's go on now to michiko and hatchin and uh yes this is anime so uh japanese listeners please excuse my uh japanese brazilian listeners as well please excuse my uh portuguese this is a mix between your two worlds so obrigado uh, or obrigada right yeah, but obviously I don't, I don't, I don't need to worry about obrigado right now. I don't think I'm going to be uh, getting any obrigados with my uh, pronunciations. But uh, we move. So uh, this show came out in uh, October 2008 again, and some of the things happening in the world: Ukrainian President Viktor Yushchenko may face impeachment on charges of undermining national security and illegal arms trade with Georgia months before the attack on. Shin Valley, South Ossetia. A jury convicts retired American football player OJ Simpson of armed robbery and kidnapping 13 years to the day after he was acquitted of killing his ex-wife and her friend in Los Angeles. Alfonso Mutafupadathu, if I said the name wrong, I uh, apologize. A nun from Kerala becomes India's first female saint in the Roman Catholic Church, Saw 5 was in the cinemas, and Disturbia by Rihanna was uh, number one in the charts. Yeah, another one, actually, that I do know, I think. <laughs> Michiko and Hatchin. So this was a Japanese anime TV series, and the series was produced by Studio Manglobe and directed by Sayo Yamamoto, which was and this was her first directorial work 
The two eponymous starring roles are portrayed by noted Japanese film actresses Yoko Maki from The Grudge and Suzuka Ogo, Memoirs of a Geisha. The character designs were provided by Hiroshi Shimizu with Shigeto Koyama designing Michiko's bike and Mariko Yamagami and Shogo Yamazaki in charge of character fashion design. The story takes place in the fictional country of Diamandra, which has cultural traces from South American countries, mostly from Brazil. In the first episode, Michiko is introduced as a free-willed diva who escapes from a supposedly inescapable prison fortress, while Hachin is a girl fleeing her abusive foster family. The two join forces on an improbable escape to freedom. The music was composed by the Brazilian musician Alexandre Cassin and produced by Shinichiro Watanabe. Vitello Productions and Gong produced an English dub pilot of the anime under the title Finding Paradiso, which uh, I think is one you watched. And it was later used as the title for the French dub. The anime was later licensed by Funimation in North America, which produced another English dub. The series aired on Funimation Channel in North America in November 2013 and on Adult Swim's Toonami block from June to December 2015. In the fictional South American country of Diamandra, the criminal Michiko Malandro escapes from prison and kidnaps her former lover daughter, Hannah Morenos, who she nicknames Hatchin, saving her from her abusive foster parents in the process. The two are about as opposite as they come, but their fate become intertwined through the connection of Hiroshi Morenos and Hatchin's father, and on the run from the police and Hatchin's abusive foster family. The opening theme is called Paraiso, or Paradise, and it's by Soil and Pimp Sessions. And the ending theme is Besuto Forendo by uh, Karu Teto, which means best friend. And the finale had its own theme called Nada Pode Mi Parar Agora, which means Nothing Can Stop Me Now, by Aurea Martins and Alexandre Cassin. Obviously the characters, Michiko Malandro, who is an independent woman who recently escaped one of the most heavily guarded prisons in existence for at least a fourth time. Hannah Morenos, or Hannah Morenosu, and she's a young girl who previously lived with a foster family. Hiroshi Moro Morenos or Hiroshi Morenosu. He's Hachin's father and Michiko's love from the past. Despite being officially considered dead, Michiko believes that he is alive and rescues Hachin in order to find clues about his whereabouts. So, Michiko and Hachin. Yeah, I mean, saying the name is the name's a bit of a mouthful, to be honest. Um, Not really. Michiko and Hatchin. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my notes still say M and Cheer, whatever. (laughs) I had to look at your message about four or five times to try and figure out what I was. This is anime. You got to come correct. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, do you know what? One, one thing I'll say, right? And this is to all the parents out there that have young children and are doing yesterday's capers and haven't watched 
this show until last, don't watch it in the morning in front of your kids because <laughs> it's quite violent. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it was a good... I missed anime, to be honest. I thought this was quite a nice um, nice little show to watch as, a, as an anime because it's always like... It's always very pleasant to watch an anime, right? Just pleasing to the eye. It looks good, right? And then it's violent as hell. So, you know, it's it's got that like kind of kick-ass, you know, feel about it. So I, I like that. I I thought it was quite a good show, to be honest. Obviously a bit weird, but that's just all anime. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I thought this was very good, actually. I thought it was very good. Really, really liked it. Liked the, uh, the protagonist of the piece. Um, it's yeah, just really good. Uh, yeah, obviously I watched the uh, original with the English subtitles because I think that's uh that's the only really way you can really sample and really get the real nature of the show. Yeah. I remember I think um friend of the show Patricia Miranda was when we were talking about Sailor Moon. Yeah, how the English dub was quite different from um the original. And so I, I, I wanted to kind of avoid that by uh, not kind of going for the, uh, for the, uh, the English version because I don't know, they might cut off some bits. They might not tell the, 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 true, the true story. And I, I, I didn't have a problem with the, the Japanese, with the English subtitles. I found it very, very easy to watch. It was very cool. It was pretty much nonstop action. The storytelling was on point. You felt the characters, and 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 then you were you were, you were part of it. And yeah, I thought I thought yeah, I thought this was really yeah, really good. I think all characters were kind of explained really well, so you ha- you kind of invested behind them. Uh, they gave everyone a little backstory, um, and I, I thought it was really cool. One thing I'll say about the English dub is is you know whilst you're trying to do ten things at once, it's easier to watch obviously a an English dub rather than the subtitle because you have to kind of read and stuff like that. So the, the English dub helped me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do feel like I missed out because I didn't even realize, I thought I was doing like, you know, the normal thing. So when you told me there was a, it was like a, and obviously it would have been like, you know, kind of Japanese thing. I just didn't think so. Uh, I feel like I little missed out a little bit perhaps on the, on the Japanese version, but yeah, I, the English dub was, was incredible as well. Cool. So uh, you can start with your uh, English dub and then uh, tell me what you watched and then I'll... uh... Right. So I watched one and a half episodes of this because like I said, I was trying to watch this with a child and then I kind of had to sneak off to watch half an episode by myself. So, um, right. So, and uh, 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 forgive the the notes, but um, starts off and this woman is escaping from prison, like proper Shawshank level... She's out of her cell. She's climbing down a ladder. The only difference is she gets spotted and they kind of start gunning her, like shooting her duh, 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 and then like taking out the, um, she's kind of running on the, in the loft, if you like, and they're kind of shooting away at the loft. Anyway, she manages to escape. She goes out and this is what I thought was pretty cool. So she kind of runs into this field and she's shooting, she manages to take a guard's gun. She's shooting in this helicopter and then this helicopter gets taken out by the, um, the blades of a, of a windmill. And I thought that was, so, I didn't see it coming. I thought that was so cool because it's kind of a bit foggy, a bit kind of spooky. It's like, um, helicopter, sca- uh, helicopter blows up, she escapes. Um, 
cuts to a little girl and she lives with her foster parents and foster brothers and sisters and they basically bully the crap out of her um and and even the parents do as well so like basically starts off she's cooking an omelet she burns the omelet and and it's not even that burnt it's a little bit burnt on the bottom and her dad basically says he lifts up and he's like oh were you trying to hide this burn we 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 don't raise children to um kind of hide things and he just dashes it on the floor and she has to clean it up and she has to make a new one and then like a parent uh, sorry brother and sisters like basically physically beat her yeah and then she, because she's naughty she gets locked away uh back to this woman who you don't know her name yet but obviously that is um what's her name again Michiko. oh god i've written it Michiko. down Michiko melandro yeah uh and she's kind of like walks into this ticket office and just basically robs it Oh, and then it goes back to the little girl and he says, and this is one of the things, I'm not sure how the Japanese version, I'd be interested to know what the Japanese version said. So he said, who saved you? And then she goes, oh, God saved me. And then he said, in other words, you, and then she goes, you saved me. So basically he's saying that he's God, basically. And he he's like this Padre guy. He's not like... Yeah, Father Gabriel. Yeah, so he's like this proper, like, you know, high... He's in a high society, like everyone knows him. He's got a really good reputation. He's a God-fearing man and, you know, and this and that and the other. But he's basically told his little girl that he's God and she should be thankful to him. Yeah, because he's like, oh, I saved you from uh, the ills of society, whether it's people who have to sell their bodies or their organs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's almost a word-for-word translation to what he said. So, um, and this man comes to dinner. I'm not sure who he was, but... um. Basically, they're kind of showing off to this guy. He got this award for being like the best guy in the whole world, and not many people get these get these award. But and it's because he turned a bad guy. But it turns out it's because this guy got shot in the face, and you know he kind of turned into this like he can't talk, he can't do anything, and he's like, and so he took the credit as turning him to like a, a model citizen, if you like. So, um, yeah, so I was just reading that flashback because he got shot in the head. And then mum chucks a girl a sack. Oh, so basically they're moaning about the cat. Uh, and mum says, chucks, this, chucks the girl a sack and says, go get rid of this. And then it's like, meow, meow. And then the cat's inside the sack. Because the <laughs> cat's then... trying to sit down, trying to get uh, Joanna is her name, the mum. And she's trying to get the attention of the mum. And obviously she's like, oh, stupid cat. Like, get away from here. And then obviously she just throws the sack going, oh, here you go throw this cat away and i think the cat's called blanca or blanco yeah because that means white right and then the shop so so the, so the mum the, the the brother comes downstairs and says oh have you seen my cat and the mum's like no i've not seen your cat and then he says to um hannah he says have you seen my cat and she's like no i haven't seen your cat and then mum was like well that's funny because i saw you taking him out last night uh, so she kind of basically like she tells her to do it and then she shops her straight in so then the girl and the brother start having like a proper fight that's evil man that was evil that was proper wasn't it um Blood, <laughs> you literally tell him it's like um yeah why do you why do you uh ask hannah i swear she was outside yeah it's like yeah so she like the girl and the brother have a big fight and then the big sis comes in and like beats her up as well and she's got like Looks rope around her neck and kind of choking her and like pretending she's like a horse or whatever and kind of riding her around and then she, the big sister kicks her out of the house and then Hannah goes kind of skits her and then like kind of bashes her up and then runs away. I loved that bit so much and she and she literally like 
on the floor, like punching her face, going, "This is who I am." Yeah, remember do you remember me. this face, dude? Yeah, <laughs> and just punches her out because obviously she. What happened was, oh, they're like, oh, look, you're gonna be the cat now. So obviously they've got the noose around her neck, and they got oh, putting like bleach on her face, and they yeah, yeah. wanted to put the iron on the face, and obviously this was all after Maria had even thrown her down the stairs after she came out of the shower as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, threw her down the stairs and just, yeah. And then I, I love the fight back scene. And she's just like, yeah, this is who I am. Remember me. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> yeah, I love that little a bit. Anyway, so she goes and um, I didn't understand why she was all of a sudden back in the other place, though. Did you? So she was on the road running away and then all of a sudden she was back at home at the dinner table. Yeah, I th- I think that per- I think there was someone who picked her up and took her back on that truck. Oh, was he real? I thought he was a mirage kind of like yeah, a Yeah, and I think thing. yeah, in a van or whatever. And then I think he takes him back cuz I think um father gets a call going, "Oh, I basically want to pick up Hannah." Michiko is basically looking for Hannah, right? She has a picture of her and she smashes through this window and you know, you know, I've probably missed a bit, but she smashes through the window and then she's like basically picks her up and then she runs. Oh no, I've, I missed a bit, haven't I? No, because she I've, just... I've, I've gone forward an episode, I think, haven't I? No, because obviously she burst in through the window. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Go on, you do this bit. You know, yeah, she obviously she burst in through the window. No, because yeah, and then Father Pedro goes, "Oh, you need to hide Hannah because whoever's want to pick her up or whatever." I'll shoot them. I'll get the gun ready. Oh, yeah, because they've got a phone call previously saying, is Hannah living at this address, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then so he's basically like going, oh, this is what we should do. And he's basically, oh, to uh, Joanna, grab, grab, grab Hannah and and hide her. And before she could even do that, boom, Michiko bursts into the the kitchen table and she's looking around all the kids going, yeah, which one of you is uh, Hannah? And they're looking around, they're like, not me, not me. And then she's looking at me, the little kid going, you're Hannah? And she's like, yeah, like, I, I think she goes, oh, I'm your mum. You know, it's not not, not exactly uh, Cat and Zoe from EastEnders, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but this was, yeah, I'm your mum. You're coming with me. Get on the bike. And yeah, they just basically uh, set off. And uh, I'm not sure if you watched episode two. I watched a bit of episode two, and this and, is yeah. You... Sorry, episode one was called "Farewell, Cruel Paradise," or it was called "Sarabada Hijo no Paradisu," or in uh, Portuguese, "Adios Pariso Insensivo." Nice, feeling uh, <laughs> awesome. Um, so this is where you're first introduced, I believe, to Etsuko, which is a, pl- a black policewoman. Who is basically after her? She's she's. What's that film with with um, Leonardo DiCaprio in it, where he's being chased by that Tom Hanks, the copper? Oh, Catch Me If You Can. Catch Me If You Can. Brilliant. So this is basically Tom Hanks in Catch Me If You Can, right? So she's like, she caught her once, and she and she's like, she's like the chief investigator on this. Um, on this uh, uh, for this for this woman, so when she escapes, she's kind of back on a trail, kind of thing. So, so she's she's in prison. So this is like you see her in prison when she's actually in prison, and she they kind of have a fight. 
the the the, the um Atsuko and, and and Michiko and um when she gets taken back to her cell she hears something about a guy being killed in a bus explosion right and i think from that point forward obviously she she escapes from prison later on so and it was that that woman Atsuko that gave her the information on Hannah so uh Michiko Melandro hears about this guy in a bus explosion was a daughter's father uh the police woman's on a tail in 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 the present day um and uh they kind of go to this um uh, their, their scooters run out of petrol basically so they, they go to this 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 um uh, gas station and they don't have any gas and he says um you have to go down to the next town and when they're in the next town they're eating and there's a news report about the you know the escape prisoner and the, and and the fact that she's kidnapped a girl and then um the the guy calls the police and the police kind of descend on this place and then Suko gets out and then they have a fight and that's all I watched and I was a bit disappointed I didn't get any further into that episode because I was thoroughly enjoying it um yeah so I got to the bit where she's the police come, but she's um, she's basically escaped because she beat up at Suko. Interesting. So yeah, a lot lot a lot happened between next uh, episode I watched. So they uh, they're still on the run, still on the run. I think they split, and uh, Hannah joins the uh, the circus, and apparently the circus is quite dodgy, and so. Right, and then episode 11 I watched, so the halfway point, which was called Starting Line Downpour, or Dosha Ori no Sutato Rain, or Tempestade no Ponto de Partida. And so um, Hannah, she's basically, there's a report on a, a dodgy circus, and they're basically doing a bit of child trafficking and exploiting the children in this circus. And... Michiko runs into the boy and she's basically asking him, you know, will I be able to catch up with the circus? And he's like, yes, you definitely will. And there's a reporter called Daniel Carniero Jr. And he wants to basically get the scoop on uh, the possible goings on inside the circus and the trafficking of children. And he's trying to um, get uh, Madame Michiko similar same name as uh, Michiko and he wants to expose her and then Hannah is basically sacking off and then someone's rushing coming to a broom going you know get out of here you lazy sod whatever she runs off outside she runs into the reporter and he wants her to uh, basically expose the circus and he's saying oh tell me all the things that are happening and so she's like oh I, I just got punched by a kangaroo and obviously he's like a real kangaroo I think it was just basically someone in a kangaroo outfit doing the whole, I'm a kangaroo, you know, give the old <laughs> one too. And so, yeah, so there's, and then obviously he's like sneaking backstage with the camera, subterfuge and, 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 and whatnot. And then, uh, yeah, and so basically, uh, Mich Madame Michiko is talking to Hannah. She's like, oh, look at you. You're so, you're so beautiful. You're so white. You're going to be the, the jewel of my, uh, of my uh, piece or whatever. And then Daniel basically barges in with a camera, like, ha ha, I got you all. This is going to make a good scoop. And then he ends up getting shot with a, a tranquilizer gun. And it's like, yeah, no more for him. 
and then Hannah and Rita are basically talking and the kids have to go on the move again. So they're just huddling all them into the truck and they're on, on the move again. And Hannah and basically Madame Michiko is making Hannah take some pictures so she can look all good or whatever. The real Michiko catches up with the circus and Hannah and Hannah is basically like, yeah, I don't want to go with you anywhere. I like it here. I've got friends. Madame Michiko is good to me. She treats me well. I don't want to, you know, live on the life on the run with you. So you might as well just go. And they're about to leave. And Daniel tries to stop them again. He wakes up from this getting shot from a trank gun. Then he ends up getting struck again with a, a tranquilizer gun and they destroy the camera. And it's like chucking it down with rain. It's thunderstorms. And Madame Michiko is basically going, you know what we're going to do? We're going to fly. And he's like, with what? With the hot air balloon. He goes, we talking about the weather. And then obviously Madame Michiko would say, yeah, I don't want to hear it. We're, we're, we're getting up out of here. We're getting up out of here now. And then obviously um, Hannah realizes that uh, Madame Michiko is basically using the kids so she can sell them. And she basically, before the hot air balloon takes off, she just basically lets the kids all go. And Michiko is basically seeing that Hannah's in trouble. She manages to reach her on the hot air balloon. And she's basically going, you know what? I'm the only Michiko around here. All right. Don't you ever forget that little girl. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm your mother. All right. And so, yeah, they're try they're, there's a big struggle, big, big, big battle taking place. And then um, basically Michiko gets shot with a tranquilizer gun. And she's basically going to Hannah, look, just let go. There's water. We're just going to jump into the water. And so, yeah, they both jump off the hot air balloon. And it's morning and police arrest everybody who is running the circus. And Daniel manages to get his scoop, which apparently uh, it, the, the word for scoop in Japanese is scoop. Scoop. Yes. Scoop in Japanese is scoop. <laughs> That's useful. He's obviously he's like, you know, oh, I've Korewa uh, scooper des. That's what he was saying, and I believe that's. I I I think I just said there's my scoop in Japanese. I believe I said that's that. That's quite impressive. Obviously, if I didn't say that, then uh, you know, obviously wakarimasen. I don't know uh, Japanese. Nihongo wa wakarimasen. I I think that's the the format of. Uh, Japanese. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I, uh, I, I, I took a Japanese class in my first year at uni, and uh, I only remember some really random stuff. And Hannah and Michiko wake up in some island, and Hannah finds her friend Rita, and they're like, you know, meeting up, going, oh, yeah, yeah, we're all okay now. And she's like, look, we'll see each other again, and we'll see you on the flip side. Again, lots of other stuff happens. And then I think it comes to the point where the police finally catch up with uh, Michiko and it leads to uh, the finale, which was Run As You Are or Arino Mama De Hashire or Cora Simplesmente Como Se Deve Corre. And so, yeah, as I said, the police are surrounded and obviously the police officers are quite annoyed because they're like, I just want to shoot this Michiko woman. She's a... Uh, got on my Swede for the longest, but obviously she's got a child and she's unarmed, so obviously I can't shoot her. Damn. I was just thinking, you know what? Oh, come on. Please come at me. Come at me so I can shoot you. Give me a reason kind of thing. And so um, 
Yeah, and so Michiko is basically doing this whole plan going to uh, Hannah, look, you go with the police and I'm going to find you again. And obviously Hannah's like, no, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you again. And obviously Michiko's looking at her going, you're too young to be this reckless. Like, you're just moving mad. And then the police finally catches up with them. And the police captain, he plans to shoot them, but the gun misfires because he gets the wrong gun. And they get away again. And Ricardo basically cuffs Michiko. But then I think there's a, a woman officer and she's basically talking to her and she's ordered to let her go again. And they're on the run and uh, Machiko finally catches up with Hiroshi, who is Hannah's dad. And obviously Michiko's like to Hiroshi, look, you need to get a plane, an airplane, and you need to get it for two people and, you know, get up, get up out of here kind of thing. And it realizes that the plane isn't for Michiko and Hannah. It's just for Hannah and Hiroshi. And obviously Hannah's like, I don't want to leave you again. But um, he's looking at it and he's like, look, she's, she's saying, look, I need to figure my life out. And once I do that, then um, we could, uh, you know, be back together again. And obviously they have a goodbye and uh, Hannah's like you know don't leave me don't leave me but obviously they're on the plane and they can't uh, get up and then it goes all the way to the future and Hannah's all grown up she's working in a calf she has a kid of her own and we find out that Michiko she turns herself in and then Hiroshi he's he went off to do his own thing and Hannah is writing to Michiko and there was all these packages that uh that was sent to Hannah, and obviously Hannah never really understood what these packages meant and what they were for. And then she's looking at all the addresses, and she kind of links them all together, and she realizes that it's a, a rendezvous. And she sets off on a bike, and then she ends up on a truck with her little child, and she realizes that she's off to meet Michiko. And yeah, the the story ends with her meeting Michiko. And yeah, it ends with the uh, the final theme song, Nada Pode Mi Para Agura. Nothing Can Stop Me Now. And it was, a, it was, you know, it was a really well-rounded show. Really, from start to finish, brought the story together. You didn't have to do it like a, a drawn-out two, three-season thing. Managed to get your thing done in one season 20 episodes it sounds like a really decent show i mean i'm, I'm, I'm sad i didn't get to watch to watch more of it but yeah like i said it was a nice change to watch some anime um but yeah i i, I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed this i thought it was great um it's like you know it's cool as well do you know what i mean it's like a just a nice like kick-ass kind of show i totally agree with that and uh, yeah, I thought the show was 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 excellent in the end, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Might be underrated, might not be. Anime fans, you can uh, let me know if you think it's underrated or not. If it's obviously a big deal that we uh, totally totally uh, missed out on, but uh, no, this was very very good, and uh, yeah, very good job. Uh, last but not least, Vixen. And this show came out in August 2015. And some of the things happening in the world. 
The Peruvian army rescues 15 people from the Shining Path guerrillas. North Korea changed its time zone to UTC plus 8 hours 30, returning to the time used by the Korean Empire until Japanese occupation in 1910. A night parrot is captured for the first time in over 100 years in Australia's Outback. Straight out of Compton was in the cinemas. Have you seen this film? No, but I know of it. You again, you probably should watch this film. And uh, Can't Feel My Face by The Weeknd was number one in the charts. Um, so, yeah, Vixen. So, uh, this is also known as DC Comics Vixen. It was an animated American web series from exec producers Greg Berlanti, Mark Guggenheim, and Andrew Kreisberg. And it debuted on the CW's online streaming platform. And yeah, it's basically based on the DC Comics character Marie Macabre or Vixen. And she's a costumed superhero crime fighter with the power to mimic the abilities of any animal that has ever lived on Earth. The series is set in the Arrowverse, the same fictional universe as Arrow, The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Originally from Africa, Marie Macabre's parents were killed by local greed, corruption and wanton violence, but the orphaned Mari refuses to succumb to the terrorists surrounding her, inheriting her family's Tantu totem. Mari can access the powers of animals, anything from the super strength of a gorilla to the speed of a cheetah. And as Vixen, she fights valiantly to protect the world from threats like those that claim her family. It follows Mari's path as she learns to embrace her incredible abilities and discovers the source of the mysterious Tantu Totem's power. Mark Guggenheim has definitively stated that the first season takes place circa Arrow's The Offer. Based on contextual clues, the second season takes place somewhere between Arrow's Lost Souls and The Flash is running to stand still as Ray Palmer is no longer presumed dead and he's found alive in Arrow's Lost Souls. Jefferson Jackson is now Firestorm, The Flash, The Furies of Firestorm. Mark Mardon is not in Iron Heights. He was arrested in The Flash, running to stand still. And the Ledgers have not yet been recruited by Rip Hunter. Furthermore, Vixen, the movie, indicates that a year has passed since the events of the first season of Oliver Queen is currently running for mayor of Star City as seen in Arrow season four. Obviously, yeah, this is in terms of like the placement of Vixen in terms of the uh, in terms of the universe. And the events of both seasons are referenced later, confirming their timeline placement. In Arrow's Taken, Oliver mentions an animated encounter with Mari, while Laurel Lance recognizes her, the two having met in Vixen's second season. The DC Legends of Tomorrow, Land of the Lost. Ray Palmer makes reference to Mari as the granddaughter of Amaya Jiwi and that he met her previously again in Vixen's second season. Due to the actions of the Legends in guest starring John Noble, Zambezi Village was never destroyed and as a result, Mari and Kuwasa were raised by their biological parents, thus erasing the events of the series from the timeline. IGN's Jesse Sheedon gave the series 7.3 out of 10, praising the action sequences, the animation, and the tone, saying the series finds its niche in the Flash Arrowverse. Shadeen criticized the short run time. Oh, come on. 
we've got stuff to do. Three minutes an episode is fine. And the voice acting of some actors, particularly those crossing over from live action shows, saying there's a certain stiffness and even slowness to Stephen Amell's Ollie, Grant Gustin's Barry, and Carlos Valdez's Cisco that isn't present in live action. This is especially apparent whenever the characters launch into witty banter with each other. Oliver Sava of the AV Club gave the series a B plus rating. Characters of this show, so obviously Marie Macabre or Vixen, Chuck Macabre, who's Marie's foster father, Professor McAllister, and Kuwasa, who is Marie's older sister and a rival. So, Vixen. I'd never even heard of Vixen in the DC universe, but I have to say the show is pretty damn good. I thought it was perfectly paced. Obviously, like five minute episodes help a lot. The, the first series is what I watched, and like my favorite part, and I think I've said this before, is the the forming of a superhero. So like this kind of um, this 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 whole series was like right up my street. So um, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought everything was was pretty cool. Um, comic booky, actiony. Um, obviously Arrow and Flash, you, you know, you know, from the, from the popular comics and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, there's literally nothing not to like about this. Yeah. I, uh, I actually really, I kind of like this too. I thought it was great. It being really, really short helped and made life incredibly easy. It was, yeah, very easy to watch. And it was, it wasn't the case of, oh, it's three minutes long and they didn't tell what they needed to tell they cut to the chase this is what you need to do i've just realized something and i, I recognized the voice of her dad and um and it was bugging me the whole time and i've just googled him now he's the janitor in scrubs no one of my favorite all-time sitcom characters yeah yeah, yeah. i Legitist. love the janitor in scrubs he is just yeah, well, I can say he's one of my favorite sitcom characters of all time. I'm glad I, I'm glad I googled that now. What? Oh, that is that's that is mind blowing. But no, honestly, this was this was pretty pretty yeah, like I said, it's a pretty damn good show, and they managed to tell the story in three to four minutes. At least get it get it across, get it across. And obviously, the first season was what a combined total of twenty minutes. They told the entire series in twenty minutes. It's possible. You ain't got to be like Secret Saturdays and make it one hour pilot. Get to the point. Get to the point. Especially in modern days, especially now, 2021. I ain't got time to be sitting through one hour shows. Get to the point. And this is what this show did brilliantly well. I completely agree with that. Yeah, I mean, if you can tell a whole series in 20 minutes, that's pretty good writing, pretty good animation, everything. Yeah. Um I, I was impressed by it, to be honest. Um, even the first episode, I was a bit like, really? It's finished already? Um, but yeah, um, and I like that because it's kind of cliffhangery as well. You know, like watching 20 minutes, you know, it's probably going to take you half an hour once you're selecting the videos and stuff like that. But yeah, it's great. All right, so you can talk about Family Reunion then, and then I could talk about Trial by Fire. Right, so starts off and Vixen's running from Flash and Arrow, and then she basically falls off. Um, and then this woman's in prison and her dad comes to get her. Um, and then there's, I've, I've written down Marie because I didn't know how to spell Mari. But yeah, Mar so if I say Marie, it's because I've written Marie, not Mari. Um, uh, and she was looking for her real parents out of town. And then when they're on the way home, they get mugged. 
and uh, she has this necklace on and it makes her go like ultra badass mode and she like smashes all these people um then when she gets home flashback when she gets home her mum gave her the necklace oh, sorry her mum gave her up when she was a baby foster mum gave her the necklace that um that her mum had left her um she goes to see a doctor um and then she says like I know, I know you think this is crazy, but the necklace gives me... Um, oh, but he knows about the myth of the necklace. He says the necklace is to give the life force of animals. Um, and then he tells this other woman, he's like, oh, listen, this thing's going down. That might have been episode one or two, actually, to be honest. I think that was episode one or two, because I've written episode three here. So she's at home, and she tells her dad, and she he thinks she's crazy. Then she shows him the powers, and he still thinks she's crazy. Um, and then meanwhile, Flash is running around looking for a USB... Um, and then they know about Marie, uh, they know about Mari as in like the, uh, the, the, the DC people. And then he calls her Vixen because she's Foxy. He has a kind of a nickname for her. Um, the doorbell rings, Arrow and Flash are there. She runs off. Episode four. This is where it picks up from the beginning where she's being chased by them. Um, she falls off the building. Then she flies with an eagle power. Then she talks with Flash and Arrow. Uh, and then she basically tells him to do one and leave me alone. And Flash says he wants, he says it went well because he didn't get beat up. He said normally when that sort of happens, he gets beaten up. So it went well. Uh, she goes back to the doctor. The baddies come. The woman is there. And I've written it, don't half look like her mum. So I was closed, but no cigar. So basically uh, the necklace is bound to Marie so they can't take it off her. She runs off. She gets shot and wakes up in a cave. The weird woman is there. It turns out to be her sister. They're in Africa now, all of a sudden, in Zambezi. There's like a god. This is like where you learn about the god of their village, where he kind of was a trickster, and he would give people special powers so they could worship him. Anansi. Anansi. Then a local warlord, warlord came and shot up everyone and burnt the village down. Um, the mum ran off with, with uh, Mari and the necklace. Um, and then it's just, but it was her sister's god job to guard the village so she she thinks she's entitled to the necklace um sister has to kind of get this spider to bite her to break the bond of the necklace and she does then she goes all super rhino on them and runs off um yeah so then the necklace kind of comes off and and um her sister takes it episode six is Mari is asleep and she gets told to wake up animals are sort of talking to her and it's the spirit of the people who are kind of with the with the real animals uh, meanwhile, her sister is acting acting like the bizzo, kind of giving it the big end. Um, her mum wanted to wanted to run away from the sister because she's like an evil woman. Uh, real animals are now backing up uh, Mari. Mari comes in, smashes all the people up, and she makes a, bite, a spider bite her sister so she can take the ne- necklace back. Um, and then she goes, oh, it's, it's not over. And then she looks at her and just goes, I've got to be honest, it looks pretty over. And then she takes the necklace back. Um, and then I thought that was a pretty, pretty cool, cool moment. Um, and back in the US, she's fighting crime now because she's a superhero. Oh, and at the beginning, she couldn't, she got told that her art was rubbish because it lacked identity. And now she's got identity. She can do her art again. And this is, this is kind of annoyed me because this is the sort of thing where your media studies teacher said, you need an obstacle for your antagonist, you sure your protagonist to overcome. And so they just added that in for no reason. So that kind of annoyed me a little bit, I guess. Um, but anyway, she says, and oh, she also, she didn't call her dad, dad, because he, he's not a real dad and she's not whatever. And then she goes, I love you, dad, at the end. And then Flash and Arrow come back and then she, and she says, good luck. And now she's Vixen because they tell her she's Vixen. So, yeah. Um, so the end was a little bit lame, I guess. Um, 
in how they had to kind of you know tie it up there um or felt the need to tie it up it was very forced but apart from that i thought the the, um the 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 series was great um no yeah because i think they warn her about this life of superhero like if you want to do it or not and obviously she goes yeah look this is my calling this is what this is what i need to do and this is what i'm going to do so uh trial by fire so this was the trial by fire series and then yeah she she's back in detroit and she's attending a lecture by McAllister, and he's basically talking about the five totems of Zambezi, and it grants their wearers the powers of the elemental forces, air, earth, water, fire, and spirit. Yeah, he reveals that the fire totem has been found, and it's going to be on display at the Detroit Museum. And Mari confronts McAllister about kidnapping her, because obviously McAllister betrayed her to uh, his sister. And he tells her that the the Tantu totem is also one of the lost totems of Zambezi, the spirit totem. And Mari gets a call from Cisco to help the Flash and Firestorm. And they uh, defeat Mark Marden, the weather wizard. Mari ends up in the hospital after fighting the weather wizard and learns that the fire totem and other gems had been stolen from the Detroit Museum. And searching for the person who performed the heist, she eventually learns from some street thug that Benatu Eshu has stolen the fire totem, traveling from Zambezi to claim it. And as she confronts him, Eshu claims to know Mari's birth mother and the two fight. But he's obviously too powerful for Mari because he's got the uh, the thing around his neck. And then Mari goes to McAllister to find a way to stop the fire totem. And he suggests that they visit Kuasa and they find her in an African hospital. And Kuasa tells them that Eshu was a general who raided their village in search of Kuasa and Mari's mother and the Tantu totem. And she suggests that in order to defeat Eshu, they must find the water totem. And that then leads them to Star City. Once they find the water totem, Kuwasa double-crosses Mari and takes a totem for herself. Mari gives chase and is able to contain Kuwasa with the help of Dina Laurel Lance or Black Canary and Ray Palmer, the Atom. Felicity Smoke informs the heroes that Eshu is rampaging through Detroit, which makes Mari reluctantly ask Kuwasa to help them defeat Eshu. The heroes travel to Detroit to confront Eshu when McAllister calls Mari and tells her that each totem has a core, which, if destroyed, will cause the totem to lose their powers. The heroes are quickly overpowered, and despite her use of the water totem, Eshu kills Kuasa, leaving Mari the only one remaining. Mari is able to subdue Eshu underwater to weaken him, and takes the fire totem. McAllister arrives to tell her that in order to sever Eshu's ties to the totem, it needs to be smashed by someone with great strength. Mari summons many spirits from the animal kingdom and is able to destroy the totem. And then she ends up joining Oliver Green, Green Arrow, Flash, Black Canary, and Atom in Coast City to take on a threat. And the saga continues. And that's how the uh, the story ends. And that was, yeah, Vixen. Yeah, it's pretty good. Five-minute episodes. Uh, great. But like I said, you know, it's comic book stuff, so it's always going to be pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was good. The fact that it was ridiculously short didn't ruin the show. It didn't uh, 
make it any worse. So, you know what I mean? It, it worked perfectly and it was a pretty, yeah, pretty good show in the end. So uh, now we have to rank these shows from three down to one. Right. Um, so at three, and for no good reason, really, um, Vixen is at three. Uh, at two, Michiko and Hatchin was at two for no, again, no real good reason, but for a very good reason, I think. Yeah. So, so at one, I think is, and for very good reason, is um, is is Haymoni. I, I don't know exactly what it was about this show, but everything gelled for me, and I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I I, I laughed. I yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was really really well. I didn't watch the the white guy episodes, so I you know I'm not counting those into it, and I'm, so that can't bring it down any. But the the ones that I watched were were absolutely fantastic. Good stuff. Um, yeah, mine is completely different. So number three, I've said Hey Moni. Um, number two, Vixen, and my number one was Michiko and Hatchin. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was very, very good. Um, that's the second anime show that we've done, and it's knocked it out of the park. Obviously, I don't think it's the level of Sailor Moon. I think Sailor Moon is in a league of its own. And but no, this was this was very, very good. I it thoroughly enjoyed the story. Really liked the characters. You know, all three shows were 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 really good. There wasn't. This isn't like a worst to best this is like yeah that, that's what i mean yeah three very good shows together and just kind of saying which i preferred and i preferred michiko and hatchin just slightly more than the other stuff vixen again was really really good really short and to the point and they did that very very well hey Moni was unique in and of itself because you're not going to get much black TV shows in that in that kind of format, and I thought for what the, for what it was and the idea of it, I thought it was really really good, and it deserved a lot better than it got, and it deserved a hell of a lot more series than just having one. So yeah, yeah, I think that this week was you know was outstanding. Like this week was really exceptional in in terms of the content that was um, that we've covered. Um, I recommend everybody that watches this to watch all three shows this this week. I I honestly didn't hate anything about the shows. Um, I thought they were all really, really, really good shows. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, yeah, on that note, we'll uh, bring it to an end. Uh, warm welcome to listeners from Israel. We have uh, downloads from uh, Israel, so... Uh, Shout out to you lot listening to uh, my pod in Israel. Don't matter where you're from in the world, if you're listening to my podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout you out. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you guys out there. So uh, yes, many thanks for the uh, the downloads and the listens. And uh, yeah, yesterday's capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, yeah, we're available on all the podcast platforms, whichever one you choose then uh do listen to that um in terms of the socials we're on instagram at yesterday's capers one on twitter it's yesterday capers facebook.com forward slash yesterday's capers youtube.com forward slash yesterday's capers 
And you can find me on the socials on Instagram, Abdullah underscore Molim. On uh, Twitter, it's uh, Abdullah Molim, all one word. Give me a like and uh, let me know what you think and uh, shout out. And uh, yeah, join us next time for another episode of Yesterday's Capers. And like we said, it's going to be Women's History Month. So we're going to be bringing the best shows with women leads. So uh, yeah. Stick around for that and uh, keep it locked into that. And uh, yes, join us next time for another episode of Yesterday's Capers. Sitting.